as the song has said, we do love you, Lord. That's why we gather together, gather together with uh, the brothers and sisters with the same faith, with the same love to you. Lord, we just want to come here to express our love to you, Lord. Lord, how lovely you are. You save us from sin. Save us from the dark. And Lord, it's such a crazy world today we were in, Lord. Lord, when we're in this world, we don't even know how crazy it is. But only when we come out of it, Lord, when you showed us to heaven, when you showed us your love, when you showed us yourself, we started to realize what a dark world that we used to live. But what a world with the light and grace and love that we're living right now in Jesus Christ. So, Father, I just pray you, Lord, continually, let us fall in love with you. That's all it does matter, Lord. Let us experience this God in a more real way, more in a reality. It's not in the form. It's not uh, just in the page, uh, in the ink on the pages. But let us uh, experience this God in the reality way, Lord. Let the love of God so shine upon our hearts. Let us so much till, Lord, we can yield it from ourselves and uh, just screaming to you, Lord, we do love you, Lord. Lord, maybe our mind cannot comprehend it, but our soul and our heart will say, Lord, you are a lovely God. And save us from sin. Save us from the darkness. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray you take this morning service as we come to worship you. May God himself come down and speak to our children. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I just uh, want to invite you uh, to the scripture right away. Let's turn to the book of uh, Second King, chapter 4. I noticed uh, spring break, and uh, many people was away, uh, so we just remembering them. Uh, but it was uh, so uh, strange. I saw many people away, but why? Why there's no hole on the seat here? <laughs> well, yeah. So praise the Lord, Adam. Uh, I trust that you um, bring your appetite uh, uh, coming into the house of God this morning. And if you're looking forward for God and expecting Him, I'm sure He will never let us down. But if we're just coming to see a man, there's nothing in the man can offer. But if we come to see God, I'm sure God got a whole self for us. Let's turn to a, a book of Second uh, King, chapter four. I got a quite lengthy uh, reading here, uh, verse uh, 18. Let's read uh, from verse 18 to uh, verse uh, 37. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. What a place that, that he let the, this, uh, that corpse, this is on. He doesn't lay it on anything else. And this woman got a revelation. He laid this boy on the bed that a prophet has arrested. And then, and she called unto her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the men of God and come again. And he said, wherefore will thou go to him today? 
It is a neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. Then she settled an ass and said to her servants, drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I beat thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehiza, his servants, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. It before it said, It shall be well. But now she said, It is well. Why? The prophet said, Because she saw the prophet. She met the prophet. Then to her, everything is finished. And the one she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehiza came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is waxed within her. And the Lord had hid it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not see? Do not deceive me. Because she never asked for this son. You have to remember, this is uh, God through the prophet. He gave her the son without her even ask. And we're going to uh, speak about on that. And then he said to Gehiza, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thy hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. Because this woman's face is not just on the staff. He's not just on the something, the extension from the prophet. He wanted the prophet to be in the situation. That's what we want. We wanted a message of this hour has been vindicated. We don't want any extension of that. We don't want anything else. We just wanted the prophet's message and to come to our situation. And uh, and Gehiza passed on before them and laid a staff uh, upon the face of the child. But there was a neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twice and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eye upon his eye and his hand upon his hand. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehiza, and he said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming unto him, he said, Take up thy son. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. Just at the beginning, when we sing about the song, we said we love God, we love Him, and uh, you know, love is the most powerful thing that's on this earth. Uh, Brother Bram said that a, a mother, uh, that's a, a love, that a love would drive a mother to a fire and uh, try to save his uh, her son, and without even consider uh, her own safety, and so. Um, 
when we're talking about we love God, we have to understand God is love. Before we ever love Him, because He first loved us. It's not just how much we, we love Him, uh, it's how much He loved us. Because when He loved us and showed the love to us, that will arose to the love that He gives to us as a sea form that is in us. But without God first to give us His love, we cannot even fall in love with Him. So whenever God do things, He must first make His love on display to us. So that when we saw the love of God, when they become a revelation, it's not just uh, um, on the pages that we're speaking about it, or when we read it about it, and when we hear it, they preach about it. But when the love of God become a revelation to us, then they will become a driven force, and that will drive us to do the things, and sometimes we don't even realize that uh, how to do it. It was in us to have that ability even to do that. And um, uh, in uh, Romans 8, 28, it said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And so this is scripture we have been quoted many times. You know, we know that all things work together for good. But what is the all things work together for good? To whom? It's to those people that love Him. It's not just uh, everything work, uh, uh, you know, work together for good. You would try to make yourself, pump yourself into it. Said, so, you know, everything to work together, everything to work, uh, work together for good to my benefit. But it's uh, only to those people that knows the love of God and experience the love of God. Because without the love in you, how can you see that everything worked together for good? You can only become a positive confession. You try to confess it, but it will never become a reality to you. If a person wants to know, if a person wants to have a, re- re- a revelation is in them, uh, to know that everything, no matter what situation that I was in, no matter how bad it seems like, no matter how wayward that is the, uh, the situation seems, uh, uh, seems like to us, but as long as I know God loved me and I love Him, that created such a confidence in the person. That I know there must be something behind the situation that I'm going through. But at first, it has to have the love of God to show to that person to become a revelation to them. And then the Bible in the Matthew 22, and it is said, um, uh, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And that's the first commandment. And I said, this is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And this is the requirement from Jesus. He said, he required us to love him with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And how can we do that? If without God put put His own love that is in us, if just with our own uh, mind, with our own soul, with our own heart, our own love, how can that love going to work? How far that love can go? 
That love can only go so far that it can't go on any longer. Because that your, your love of God just depends on your own strength. Your own strength has an end of it. But if you do love God with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your heart, not your own love, but it's the love of God that lives in you, that love has no end to it. That love is like the prophet's love. He said, even it cast me down to the hell that I still love him. If there's a love that's in there, in there. I was thinking what a, when we're talking about the love of God, then I started thinking about, uh, if we said that God is a love, and how much love he has to show to us? You look at the heaven, that shows God's love. You look at the universes, and all the stars, and all the moons, and the suns, and everything that God laid there, that shows the hands of God, and that shows the love of God. And then as his eyes just fall upon a little uh, a planet called Earth, that's just one of them, billions and billions of the stars, of the, uh, the, the anything that's uh, in the, uh, in this universe, of just a small little place. But God's love, it was become a specified that into that, uh, onto that earth. Then he started to create, um, the animals, uh, the fishes, uh, the plants, and everything that's what we saw is on earth. God's love has become a more specified. He's not just to give us a love just generally, said, so you know, everything that was uh, just what we're talking about, the love. When God was a love, He had a specific love for the specific purpose of it. And when His love had become more specified, and His love is all coming to the special people that is on, uh, the special uh, creation that on this earth, which is called a human being. And then when he created a human being, then his love is not ended. And the God created a woman out of this man called Adam. We saw God's love become more specified. His love become more powerful than ever. And the God is a love. And that as um, Brother Branham said, that the God of perf- perfecting his church, he said all Christianity is wrapped up in one big love affair. He said, don't you believe that? He said, love is the most perfect thing there is in the Bible. He said, God is love. And they that love are of God. He said, but when that which is a perfect come, which is the love, it will never pass away. He said, that's right, the love of Christ. What is the perfect? The love of God is the perfect. And God himself is love. And when God had a love like that, He doesn't want to just, uh, He Himself possess the love. He wanted to show His love to us so that we can possess that love as well. It's not just we're talking about, you know, we try to comprehend uh, what is the love of God is, uh, you know, how should I love a God? God wants to express His love to you. And He wants to give His love to you. Because without His love that is living in us, we cannot even say, Lord, I love you. How can you say you love if there is no such a love that in you that you cannot comprehend, you cannot by word even express it. It has to by God Himself reveal to you, said, if this is me, I am love. When God revealed His love, or we should say, God revealed Himself as love to you, then you can love God. That is the whole purpose, what He is doing. 
He created a heaven and earth. He created everything around the earth. And he created a human being. He created a, even a little woman. And then as for this Adam, then Adam saw that he said, this is the flesh of my flesh. This is the bone of my bone. The love revealed it to him. When that love is revealed to the human being, then the human being can say, Lord, I love you. And the Bible says, but the one that which is a perfect is come. He said, he shall endure forever. He said, the love is a perfect. And in a question and the answer, it said, uh, the first Corinthians 13 says this, when that which is a perfect is come, he said, that which is in part shall be done away with. So all these little things of jump up, jump up and down like a kid trying to talk in town and all these other things, when that which is perfect, and we do have today, by God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with a divine vindication. God doesn't just give us a part of love. What He gives us is a perfect love. Because God Himself is perfect. And what is that a perfect? He said, so when the perfect is come, he said, which in part shall be done away with. He said, and then we do have, by God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with the divine vindication. In another word, God, by the word, He given us the word. This word is the divine interpreted word. And it was the divine vindication. When God vindicates His word, this word is the perfect word. When you receive the perfect word, you actually receive the perfect God. You actually receive the perfect love. It's not just a human love, but it's the perfect love now dwell in the person who received the perfect word of God. God wants to manifest Himself. He wants to show His love to us. Because only when you have a love, then you can have a confidence to Him. And only when you have the perfect love, then you have the perfect confidence to Him. No matter what He do, or how He do it, or when He do it, you know God is going to fulfill His word. No matter what situation that you are in, when you have the perfect love, the perfect confidence to God, you know something gonna go and come out of this good for the benefits for you. And only when this type of love live in the person, then you can love God with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your heart. Because without that perfect love living in us, everything that we do, it just become, we use our human being. Try to uh, achieve uh, uh, this commandments that the Lord gave it to us. So that's why you find out people struggling. And uh, some people are struggling in the world. Some people are struggling to love God. They're not struggling for the smoking. They're not struggling for to drinking and all those things. But they're struggling. Lord, how can I love you? And the situation come. They want to, Lord, reveal that to me. You know, what is the good come out of that? But without God revealed himself to that person, that person become just as struggling as anybody else is struggling. And they're struggling, try to find the will of the Lord. They try to, they're struggling, said, you know, Lord, I love you, but I just don't know how. 
It has to have that perfect love drop in that person. Then in order to reveal to them that they had a perfect confidence in them. No matter what they're facing, they know something has come out of that. Then they're not struggling anymore. But they have a peace. They have a rest in the word of God. Lord, we know that these things are going to come out good. Because you reveal your love to me. I know you love me before the foundation of the world. I know your election reveal your love to me. You reveal the word to me. You reveal the message of this hour to me. When I was in that situation, Lord, you brought me it out. That become a revelation, Lord, at this time it was no exception. And the brother Ramah talking about um, this woman that in the second king chapter four. And uh, if we, uh, I don't have time to read um, the, the, all the scripture, but if you go home, you can read the whole chapter. It was just uh, marvelous. And this a woman, and when she saw uh, Elisha and uh, coming uh, passing by that her place, that she and her husband. And so they are feeding this prophet while she's coming, while he's coming. And after a little while, this woman said to her husband, you know, this prophet is coming to, passing by us all the time. Why don't we just build up a little house just against our wall here and just make the prophet just feel a little comfortable? You know, and just put a little uh, a lantern and put a little table, a little chair. I just want to make the prophet feel a little more easy, more comfortable. This is nothing, something that is the big. It's not something that was the great. You know, she done the, or she uh, did a great work for the prophet or, or whatever that is. He just uh, did something that was just from her heart. And it was just a little small thing like that. She doesn't even expect to get a reward. But Abraham said it wasn't in her heart for anything. She just had done that because she loved God. She didn't do it for any blessing. She just done that. Have you find out yourself sometime to do the same thing? We're doing things for the Lord and not because just we want some reward. You know, we will face some strangers and not just for some reward. It's just something that in us, oh Lord, this person need help. And we help her with the ministry. We help her with the mission works in the different places. And uh, some people, they do you know, the translation work. Some people, I uh, think Brother Darren, Brother Cobus, and uh, you are uh, helping her with the uh, message hub and uh, doing the, uh, uh, you know, helping the translator to do things. It's not something that's a huge. It's not something that is a great, you know, elaborate. Everybody saw it. It's just something behind the scene. But in your heart, you just say, Lord, I just want to do something for you. Man might not see it, but God see it. Man might think this is just a, some, such a small thing, but God saw it. Sisters, when you cook a meal and invited some people to your house, it's not something great, it's something big, but God saw it. To most of the people that are saying, well, you know, I just washing dishes every day and maybe one day I'll invite a person come to my place and I just uh, enjoy the meal a little bit. And some people from the States, then they cross the border every Sunday and some of the believers that just opened up their house, invite them to come in over. You're not expecting, Lord, I feed Nathan Weimer today. Lord, you better get some of the blessing coming upon me. It's not something that you, you do. When we do that, if the love of God is in that person, it becomes so natural. It's not something you try to gather everything together. I got to love God. 
You know, I gotta, with all my strength, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my heart, if I can pull my heart out, Lord, my heart is right for you. It's not that. When Lord drops something within you, it's just like a seed. Perfect love is not like a perfect huge love. It's just like a little seed dropping out a person. Something just tugging in that person. You know what? I just want to do something. I don't want to just sitting still there. I just want to do something for the work of the Lord. Maybe some of the little sister, maybe some little brother, and they know the different language, they know the African, they know the Myanmar language, they know the Hindu or whatever. They just say, you know, I just want to do something. And they probably don't even know, is there anybody going to listen? Is there anybody going to read that in the message? But something in their heart, they just want to do something for the Lord. I remember when I first translated the message, I never thought about, uh, you know, anything big. I just thought, hey, this message is great. Somebody need to make it into the Chinese so that the people can read it. And then the one after another, then the other people... They join it in, they translated the message, time after time, a message after message, and then by now we had almost, a, we had a 600 some message after all these years. Is that something big? Is that something huge? But something just in your heart, you want to do something for the Lord. What is that? That is the love. Is that a your love? But it's a God's love putting it in you. And Brother Matthew, let me mention uh, Matthew Riddell a little bit. And at one time, he was, uh, I think I mentioned this before, I want to say that again, because of something unfolding after this. And it was just one day, there was a little uh, Chinese uh, gentleman and uh, with his family, and coming over here, and uh, because of Brother uh, Jim and Shirley, and they're a holiday now. So they're uh, invited, uh, uh, this uh, young man is his wife and his daughter coming over, and they're sitting there to just listen to the preaching. And afterward, and they're waiting for, uh, they're waiting for somebody to pick them up. So they went into the fellowship hall there. And as they're sitting down there, and Brother Matthew just saw them sitting there and walking around. Then they said, you know, do you have you have a dinner? He said, uh, have a have a lunch? He said, no. He said, do you want to? Would you mind want to have a lunch with us? So then the gentleman would sit down and have a lunch with Brother Matthew and Mary was there. I think the Sister Esther was there as well and helping Brother Matthew translate uh, uh, their conversation. And then Brother Matthew invited them uh, to come for the service. And then they come for the service and uh, for the night. And then on Wednesday, Brother Matthew invited him again, then he come for the Wednesday. Then he invited him to come again for the Sunday. And I think Brother Matthew made a friend with this gentleman. And this, uh, this Christian gentleman then, when he get home, Brother Matthew never give it up. He still contact him. He started talking with him on the WhatsApp or whatever, and just texting back and forth. And the other day, this gentleman said, he said, hey, Matthew, he said, I changed the company, and now I'm working for an American company. He said, I even changed my name from Tony to Matthew. <laughs> he said, I like that. He said, I changed my name from Tony to Matthew. Just little things. We're thinking just small things, you know, just just another man coming in and go back to China and you never see him again. But he changed his name from Tony to Matthew. And not only that, and uh, if you can also remember, Brother Jim and Shirley, I told them, uh, I said they're a witnessing machine. 
they just bring their uh, whatever they can brought, and they just bring it everything. And the other day, they, they filled up the whole front two row here, acts like a deacon almost like. <laughs> and they, they take them over and invite them to come to the church and to share the, uh, share the message with them. So there's a one a brother, Brother Wong. And then uh, he came and uh, uh, his, uh, his, has been faithfully coming for almost two months now. And uh, he just to get a diagnosed that uh, his mother got an endo, uh, endo, em, endo uh, whatever that is, endometrial or something, cancer. Uh, it's the devil anyway. They just give it all kinds of names. So then uh, he diagnosed that his mother uh, got a cancer. And that his mother was uh, in the same place that that uh, brother Tony Matthew was at. The same city that it come. So then uh, uh, I told the brother uh, um a brother Wong, I said, if you want that, I can ask the brother David in China to come to the city to pray for your mom. He said, oh, by all means. So I introduced him to the brother Wong. So they make it a contact that the brother going to go to that city to pray for his mom. And then I put him in contact with the brother uh, Tony Matthew. So the brother Tony Matthew said, brother David, sure, come on over. Come to us and visit us and come to my church. And maybe you can talk to them, can fellowship. We don't know. What do you think is going to develop? But you see, when the love of God put in on a person, it's not for without a purpose. God saw way before than what we can see. But as long as that seed that is to put it in us, we might think it's just a small thing, just un, uh, you know, there was no no purpose whatsoever. But God has saw way far. And he sent the man over here. And he used our brother and to show the friendship so little hospitality to them. And it runs a long way. And now this message got a first chance go to that city that we never had a chance before. God is almighty God. All he need, he just need to let somebody that in this hand, that become a vessel, that he can use that person that further his kingdom. And how he do that, he must put that love that in that person to do. So as I said, love is not something huge, big. It's just some simple things. A little love goes a long way. But that love, if just a human love, not much use for it. But if the God's love put it in there, Lord is the small, but it's still the perfect love of God. And this woman, the Shunammite woman, and he doesn't, she doesn't want to just, uh, uh, she doesn't just do something that was a great, uh, you know, big things. She just wants to say, you know, I want to do something for this uh, man of God. I just want to uh, build up a little house so there's a man of God can take a little rest. And sometimes the little things that we do for the Lord, and God used that. And God, because you're doing that, and He blessed you for that. And when God blessed a person, He's not just a blessed person equally with what you've done. He blessed a person with a manifold blessing upon that person. Sometimes we don't realize Oh, we're just thinking, you know, uh, I'll just do something for the Lord. But never one thing that you did for the Lord without a goal, go without uh, noticing it. And so this woman, she done something for the prophet. And she built up a little house. And then the prophet wanted to do something for her. And uh, 
in Second uh, King chapter 4, verse 13. And it said unto him, Say now unto her, I said, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this case. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I'll dwell among, among my own people. This prophet wanted to do something uh, good for this, uh, uh, this Shunammite woman. And so she, uh, he asked, um, you know, what, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want me uh, to uh, ask a favor from the captain or from the king or things? And this woman said, no, I said, I'm okay. She said, I dwell amongst uh, my own people. I, I don't have any need for uh, anything. And in another word, she's uh, very content. She's very satisfied. She lived a good life and everything is going fine. But you see, when God gave us a... Uh, uh, when you do something for the Lord, Lord eagerly want to bless you. And when He bless you, He doesn't want to bless you just randomly anything. He doesn't want to bless this woman just, you know, uh, to speak a favor to the, from the king or the captain or whatever. And He said, the Lord wants to bless her with a son. This woman herself doesn't even realize she had a, such a need. That in her life. But God realized this woman had a need. Probably to bury that for a long time. She herself doesn't even realize that. She herself even given it up. She might be prayed before. She might be prayed, uh, uh, you know, for many men of God. And then the uh, Lord, uh, Lord uh, give me a son. You know, give me a, uh, give me a, uh, let me have, let me have a, I have a son or a daughter or whatever that is, she was needed. But maybe time after time, as the year goes by, even this need, even this, um, that, uh, what is in the woman's heart, she'd been praying eagerly for. But now, because of the, all the years that have passed, the without Lord has answered her, that thing probably getting cold off. And she doesn't even pray, probably doesn't even pray anymore. And even as the prophet asked her, you know, what do you want? She said, no, I have nothing. I'm perfectly fine. I dwell as amongst my people. I don't have any need. But you see, God wants to bless this woman. And when He wants to bless this woman, He wants to give something blessed that is a woman that really need, but she herself doesn't even realize this is her need. When God wants to bless us, He doesn't just bless us what we want. He blesses us that what we need. There's something that is in our heart, that is in our life, that we're lacking of. God said, you need this. You said, no, 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 Lord, I don't need that. No, Lord said, you do need this. I want to give it to you. You said, Lord, I'm fine. You know, I'm in my people. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I go to a good church. I, I have a good pastor. I, I, I don't have any need. I'm just living a church life in the church. The Lord said, no, you need more than that. You need something that I want to give it to you. You need a life to be born. You need to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You think everything's fine. You're probably going there years by year. You don't even realize that you have a need. The Lord said, no, I want to give you this blessing. Even you don't realize that, but I want to give it to you. Why? Because there's a, in you, there's a something, neither the potential need to be stirred up. Many times God gave you things that you never even ask for. 
But only when you received it, they will realize how precious that is. I'm thinking of many people we can testify. And even before we came into the message, some people, they maybe have a good church to go to. They go to the good Baptist or good Pentecostal or whatever denomination that they're in. And then they have a good, uh, they probably have a good home and they have uh, children, they have a wife and then everything is just normal. They just live a normal life. But all of a sudden, you find out a God come into your life. And that time you probably never even realized I do need this message. I remember when I first came to the message, I never realized I do need the word in this hour. I think I'm a pretty good Christian. I go to the, uh, go to the, some home church and, uh, you know, we have a prayer meeting. We ask uh, the Lord blessing. We pray for other people. And even that's how the Lord answers our prayer. We're thinking we're living a pretty good life. There's a no need of it. But unless, until God coming down. Said Murphy, you need something more. You're not just, uh, just go living an okay life. You're not just living on a normal life. It seems like everything just going along good. Lord saw my need. Then he sent this message to me and to my wife and we receive it. How glad I am I received that. You know, sometimes we live in a normal life. Just never realize how much we need God. Just, uh, just never realize how much we need the Lord's love that, uh, become a manifest in our life. We never realize that our life need to go further with God. We never realize that in our life, we cannot just live a church life. We cannot just go to the church. We cannot just have a good pastor, just have a good family and waiting for a rapture. There's just something that in our life, Lord said, I need more come out of that. I was thinking some of the children... They're born and raised up in a domestic family. They had a good, they had a good parents. And they uh, go to the good church. They're probably thinking, you know, we don't have nothing that's really needed. I go to the Florida Bible way. I go to BCA. You know, I come for the church and on Wednesday, I come out of the church on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. I live a pretty good life that is, uh, in the church. You know, I'm, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do all those uh, evil things on the outside world. I don't watch pornography. You know, I come in, uh, to the church uh, uh, every uh, every weekend. Uh, you know, I pay my tithes. I do all those things. They're probably thinking, you know, I don't have a much need to go any further. But you see, God said, no. You have a much more need than you realized. You have a much more need than just live a church life. You have a much more need than just go to the school. You have a much more need than just go to the camp, winter camp or the summer camp. There's a much more that's in you that need to be manifested. And he said, I want to give that to you. And when God wants to give it to you, you have to first realize it's not something that you have done. It's not something that, uh, it's not something that you are really desired to have. A lot of time when God gives things to us, and we come to the time, we don't even realize that we have a need like that. You only when God sends the prophet, sends the message, by the preaching of the word, and that started to stir us up. Then we realize, this is not just a normal, I live in a normal Christian life, that's it. 
There's something in my life that I probably let it passing by for years. But then when a situation, when a certain thing sort of come up, Lord said, I want to bless you. Not to the blessing that you think I will bless you, but I want to bless you with more experience than you ever have. I want to bless you with more fervency that you ever have. He just, he just not just give us a life, but He want to give us a life abundantly. He not just want to give us a, let us reading the message and listen to the message. He want to give us a revelation that is in the Word of God. He's not just want us a, we can go to the church, follow our mom and dad, or follow our friends that come to the church. He want to give us a desire for the Word of God. Then He wants you to bless you. To have the heart for the work of the Lord. And He even give you a talent. And He give you the talent so that you can serve God. And He give you even the job. No matter the low pay or there's a higher pay. But then He give you the job so that you can have the money. So that you can pay your tithes and pay your offering. He give you the family that you can be admired of. He give you the children that I can be an example of the uh, family that in the uh, in the church and for the other people. All of those things is not what we ask for. It's not what we can do. But God said, "I want to give that to you." And I was thinking about it in the past a little while. God gave us a little young young people the camp experience, and it was so tremendous when I uh, when I was in the camp to hear the words that the brother Aaron was preaching. I was thinking, how lovely our God is. How He loved our children. And to preach to our children like that. And to get down to their level. And to talk to them. Even they have the least desire. That least desire is way greater than any desire that they have even for the world. I don't think our young people really ask for that. I don't think our young people going there even know what's going to happen. But when they go there, God bless them. God bless them with the preaching of the word. And say to them, you never realize you want that. You never even realize you have the potential that's in you. But I want to bless you. I want to give that to you. I want to give it a specific word that for your situation. God want to pour it as a blessing upon us. And upon our young people. Even they didn't ask for it. But God said, I want to give it out to you. And what is our attitude supposed to be? Take it, cherish it, and build upon it. It's not just a, we're settled down. Okay, if I have the list of desire. You know, the brother Aaron has said that even we have a list of desire. That is the greater than any desire in the world. That is the true. But don't settle down just for a little desire. You will have a, let us go along to have a greater desire than the little desire. That little desire that God gave it to you is like a little seed. That is the love that God has showed upon you. But that little desire start to multiply, become a greater desire, greater, greater desire. Then we become unquenchable. Great is the desire for the Lord. You never realize that you have the need. But God wants to, God said, I want to bless you. Bless you with the need that you probably never even realize.
But I want to meet that need. You think about that woman that she never asked for to have a, to have a son. And she had been doing that, uh, uh, she hasn't had a son for years because their age is, is getting old. But God said, I want to give you a son. I want to through the prophet that give you a son. Because you've done the little thing for the kingdom of God, for the prophet. Just make it easier. You know, sometimes we showed up the little effort that we showed to the God. God said, I want to multiply that. You maybe showed a little effort just coming to the church to listen to the word. Even if you maybe don't want your, your body getting weary, getting sick. But you said, I want to do something. I want to go to the church. I want to listen to the word of the preaching. Even by that little desire that you have, little action that you have. How do you know God said, I want to multiply the blessing to you. The things that we never ask for. But God wants to give it up to you. Because He knows what is you really needed. And this woman never asked for a son. But God give her, give her a son. If you think about how enriched that woman's experience from that time on. She probably become a cold all these years without even thinking about it to have a son. But all of a sudden, by the prophet, the prophet said, I will give you the Lord. That says the Lord the next year and in the same season you will have a son. That a woman's experience become enriched, become multiplied. Before she can never even think about that. What does God try to do? She had something that she needed. She doesn't even, she even gave up the hope. But Lord said, I saw that need. I want you to experience me more. Young children and older people alike. God don't want us to just become a believer. He want to enrich our life. He want to enrich our life and become abundantly. Sometimes we never even think we can reach to that. But he said, I want to multiply my blessing to you. You probably, your children have been in the world for years and years and years. Maybe you haven't given up the hope already. But Lord said, you've done so much for the kingdom of God. That you've done so much for the word in this hour. I'm going to multiply your experience. Probably many things that are in your life, you're probably giving it up. You probably just not to live a sinful life. You try to live a good life. I want to love God with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my soul, with all my mind. But there's something in you, God said, I need to be multiplied. Think about that woman's her love. How much multiplied when she got that son. Before that, yes, I love the Lord. And she said, I love God. You know, I want to do something for the Lord. And then when she do something for the Lord, to the for the prophet, and then the prophet gave her the son. I was thinking, how much more the love that this woman right now not only for before, because she got a son, but also her love to the Lord, such a multiply. Because her experience getting enriched. Because they know God is real. Because they know, Lord, even I'm not faithful. This woman even said, oh, prophet, please don't lie to me. You know, don't lie to my, your handsmaid. You know, I, I've been old and my husband is old. We're never going to have a child. 
But just because she done a little thing for the kingdom of God, God want to enrich her experience. God wants her to have a more personal experience. God wants you to have a more personal experience to with Him. When we're going through the different things, it's not just those things that try to make us stronger, but God wants us to experience Him more. This woman never asked for for a son, but God gave it to her. Because in her experience, she needed to experience the Lord more. And many times in our life, we never ask for for the things, for some things that are in our life, but God saw our need of it. He's not only just saw that what we did for the kingdom of God, He also saw the need that is in our life. And let me see about this congregation. We never ask, I think in many of us, we never ask to have a church like this. We never ask to have a pastor like what we have. We never ask to have a ministry that what we have. We never ask to have a deacon, to have a trustee, to have all those things that what we uh, Sometimes I, I wonder if we're taking it for granted. Most of us, even for myself, I think the same way. I never know there's a COVID revival way. I never know Brother Ed Abisko. I never ask for all those things. God can, I was thinking about to move down to New Zealand. But apparently God don't want me to move down there. He want me to be here. Why? Because I don't think I need that. But God said, no, Murphy, you need this. You need this church. You need the body of Jesus Christ. You need a pastor that in this uh, church that had a vision for the work of the Lord. You need all of that. We never thought that we're going to need that. I don't think you ever thought that you're going to need a Murphy either. I don't think you ever thought that we're going to need a brother Tim. God has to let a man to go through so much things. Sometimes even painful to speak about it. God has to let him go through so much things and let him move down over here, become a part of us. What for? Did you ask about a team to come to preach for you? God said, no, you need it. God said, this body needs that ministry. We never ask about a John to come over here. We never ask a brother Michael, two Michaels. We never ask a brother Ernie. We never ask all those brothers. We never ask a brother Ken. We never ask all those ministers to come into this church. Why we need it? Doesn't one brother Ed Bisco is enough? You know what? We never ask for it. Do we? But God said you need it. You might never thought I need it, I need it, but God said you need that. That have a certain vitamin that in your walking with the Lord. I need to put that deacon in there. I need to put a dare in here. I need to put all this brother in your position. Why? You probably never thinking you're gonna need this. You probably never thinking you're gonna need the person beside you. But God said you need them. That's why we come on Wednesday. That's why we come on Sunday morning. That's why we come on a Sunday night. It's not because that I don't need this. It's that you need this. God said you need that. We never saw that we need that, but God said you need that. 
Because in that position, God supplied the certain elements in there that I need. God provided a certain sister, a certain brother, because there's a certain elements that are in me that I needed. Why? Because God is in His prophet, and now God is in His people. That perfect love is in every member of the body of Jesus Christ. And our experience, experience that a perfect love need to be enriched. And only you can supply that. And I will say humbly, and I can supply that to you too. That's why we get together. That's why we get our strengths together. We put our shoulder together. For the work of the Lord, for the mission work, for whatever work the Lord has put us to do. I would say some of the people you move here. Some of us move from, uh, the, some states uh, in the United States. Some people that move from uh, uh, Philippines, some move from uh, Congo, and some move from uh, Zimbabwe in a different country. Some move from China. And I think most of us, I would say a lot of people we move over here, it's because the ministry. A lot of people we move over here also because of uh, school. Or we have it in BCA. A lot of people you move here because you saw the congregation. You're streaming the service. I think one of the sister. I don't know if that sister is still here. If she was coming from the Holland. Uh, I forgot her name. I think it's Sister Emily. And she, uh, one time, uh, one day, just before she left, she was admitting, uh, saw me at that, uh, that hallway. She said, I've so loved this, uh, church here. She said, I'm streaming the service, uh, from online. But she said, when I come, she said, I never saw so many people that they love each other. I probably even feel shame that, uh, I thought we should love more. But that's what we saw. But what she saw, she coming over here. And she said, I never saw so many people that in falling in love with each other. I was thinking, what make that people like that? Probably if we said the human love, uh, a lot of people have human love. A lot of people, you know, they can be a nice person, they can be hospitality and things. I don't think the sister means just for that. I think she means there's a God's love. That are in the individuals of the people. And those people they love the Lord. With all their heart. With all their strength. With all their mind. With all their soul. And that love generated a certain atmosphere around the person. They probably never say a word. They don't say a, a whole lot of a word to each other. I don't think I... Uh, I don't think we all invite each other. Come into our home and everybody you know we're... Uh, you just, you stay in my place, I stay in your place and all the time. Well, we, we don't do that. I don't think that God really required us even to do that. But there's a something that God put in that person. That, that, that something is the experience that you wish the Lord. 
It's not just something that you, you try to, uh, uh, you know, speak with a word. It said, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. But by receiving the love of God, that in that individual, that love automatically manifested. You created a such atmosphere that it around a different person. That our word cannot even, uh, um, cannot even um, explain it. But there's a something that's about to the believer. When they come together, it was just not one person had the love of a different member of the body. They all have the love. They all love each other with the godly love. And that generated such atmosphere when the people come in and in, they realize there's something different about these people. When we're getting lonely enough, we will ever, uh, we'll for sure, we saw the fault of each other. We will solve the mistake. We will solve this thing's wrong and that thing's wrong. Which is perfectly fine because we live in this body. But you know when a perfect love has come. When a person who received, truly received the perfect word in this hour. Then the perfect love, the drop in that of the person. That person can never be the same anymore. We cannot explain it, but we believe it. By believing the word, by receiving the word, your life has changed. That life cannot, I cannot even pinpoint and say, okay, this person has this certain, that, that person has a certain, nobody can really comprehend, and nobody can pinpoint to a designated what is that exactly that. But by receiving the word, your life, your nature has changed. Your love is totally different. You're not the love about the worldly things, but all you love is the word of God. All you love is the love, is the promise of God. Everything that you love for is the word that God has to give it to you. And that's all our love has to focus on. That's why when there's people that come in among, among you, they say, those people are different. What make you different? It's by the perfect word that we received. That makes your nature and your life totally transformed. I think many of us, we come in here, we have a different purpose. As I said, some is for the ministry. Some come here for the school. Some come here for the congregation. And some maybe come here for all of these things. But you probably never thought... And your life can be harder, can be more difficult. It's not because you have the, I would say probably the best pastor that we, you can ever have, that your life will become easier. It's not because you have the good ministry that are here, that you become easier. Actually, the life will become harder. You probably never thought you were, you will meet uh, the misunderstanding. You probably never thought you would say things that are probably not, um, uh, you're not pleased to with. You probably never thought you're going to experience the strife. And some people even think, you know, I sent my kids to the BCA and I'll just leave them to the teacher and everything will be good. And you probably never thought your children, though they come into the BCA, they're still going to need a personal experience. You probably never thought you send them to the BCA and they want to graduate. As soon as they graduate, they went out to the world. You're probably thinking, my, I thought this is Christian school. You know, I thought that all the godly teachers, the good ministries and the congregation will for sure were changed to my children, 
Well, for sure, we're holding them. And then Satan started to creeping in and started to tell you, see, you made a wrong decision. You made a decision, you tried to come in over here because the ministry and everything. Look at what you're facing now. Life doesn't get easier, life gets harder. And the, you, you find out a more mistake, the more stumble, the more weakness, the things that you expected, it seems like they never got fulfilled. But I want you to know, it's not you make a wrong decision. It's not God that tried to say that you make a wrong decision. But it's God that tried to let you know you have a more need than just a ministry. You have a more need than just a good congregation. You have a more need than just to send your kids to the BCA school. You have a more need than in your life that only the person of God can meet your need. You have to be as as any other people to have the person to walk with the Lord. It's not a God that you know that you made a wrong decision or you're making a mistake or to move over here or to do things like this and that. It's God to let you know there's much things that are in you that you can be enriched and can be manifested. That a God wants to manifest a deeper love that are to you. But that deeper love, it cannot be just you know, we go to the church and we had a good congregation. Those things that cannot satisfy us. I don't think that any true believer will be satisfied just by going to the church. I don't believe there's any believers that just by going to the church then they find our safety. Going to church is not our safety. But to meet the personal God, that is our safety. Without a meeting that's a personal God, you're in the most dangerous place. Because you're rotten twice as fast. But just as that woman, she never asked for a son, but God gave her a son. You probably never asked for all those things, but God said, I want to give you more experience. I want to give you the more experience that you probably never even asked. I want my perfect love to be more manifest in your life a lot of time we find out that the person the reason that they don't have love because they don't realize that they have a need if the person they really really realize that they have a need and then they know the only one that can meet their need is the Jesus Christ himself then they will generate a, a love that is in them and you think about the leopard when he was in such a need, that he needed a healer. And uh, he probably, the leopard probably would give it up until he realized that there was a one can meet his need. Then Jesus come, then a touch of the leopard, and then, what a love that leopard for Jesus Christ. And you think about the blind Bartimaeus, that all the, that his former teachers and the rabbis has already told him that it was impossible, you know, for you to, uh, uh, to have a miracle, get your eyesight. But when he saw Jesus Christ coming, uh, passing by him, then he realized, I not only have a need, but I have a, I met to the one that who can meet my need. Then the blind Bartimaeus, then his eyes was open. 
And you think about the woman who washed Jesus' feet. And she lived as a sinner. She probably already gave it up. She would never have got a chance. Because she committed so much sin. But that woman, when she come before Jesus, all of a sudden she realized, I do have a need. I need to be forgiven. And not only I need to be forgiven, the one that who forgives me, that is sitting just right, be, right in front of me. And then when she met that, when the, she realized I need somebody to forgive me, and the one is in front of me, that generated a, such a desire that in her heart, she uh, go to wash the, the feet of the Jesus. That generates such a love that in that woman. And then her sin was forgiven. As the Bible has said, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Those Pharisees, they just had as much sin as this woman. But they never realized that they have a need. They never realized that they have a need of a repentance. They have a sin in their life, but they never realized they have that need. And even when they went before Jesus, that doesn't really wake up their need in their heart. And they're coming before Jesus and they feel they have nothing to do with Him. They don't have a need of Him. And then because they didn't realize their need, and then they didn't recognize the one who can meet their need, so their sin still remained. That's why they couldn't have a love for Jesus Christ. Because they didn't realize that they have a need for Him. I'm thinking sometimes if we don't, we cannot generate a love for Christ, for God. It's because we don't realize that we need. As that woman, she never realized that she needed a son. Unless, until she got a son. That woman before she become a, you know, lost all hope. She never realized. She never realized that she need, as a woman, a woman need a child. And that need has been buried. If God wants to show His love, He wants to wake up the need that is in our heart. Amen. We need more than just come to the church. Amen. The young people, we need more than just have a little desire. We need more desire for the Lord. God has done a great thing that in the camp for our young people, boys and girls. I, I, I was sitting behind there, I was watching. I was amazed at how God can do. Yes. I will look at our young people. They rise up to the, to the, uh, the response to the preaching of the word. Without any emotion, without the shouting and the jumping, but something solid has it done to our young people. Yes. But if we not be careful, that need can be buried again. When that need, when that desire can be buried again, you find out you go through another cycle that again. This is the time to that that a little desire become greater. That a preaching of the word, that a message of this hour to increase that desire. You, what is the Lord is to try to do? He wake up your desire for Him. Then He gonna add more to you. Then He gonna add more to you. Then you find out finally that your nature was changed. Your life was transformed. Your whole being was all transformed. You become, you having the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then your whole life will never be the same again. Amen. 
And we saw this woman in the second king, the chapter four, the sixteen. And even the prophet promised him, promised her that she's going to have a son. But even she cannot even believe that. But no matter if she believe it or not, when God has said, and God is going to fulfill what He promised. And then the second year, and the, the woman got a son. And as I said, that her experience was enriched. And the love she never experienced it before, now she can, because of the son, she can express it as love. And then the one, in the second king, chapter four, that 18 that we just read, but when the child was grown, and one day the child was fell, and then uh, he ran to his father, uh, and said, "My head, my head." The brother, brother Branham said, "He must be got a sunstroke." And then before noon, and this child was uh, passed away, and uh, just died right in the mother's lap. And we're thinking, what a sad story that this is in. God give her a son. That God give her a blessing. And her experience was so enriched that she never experienced this before. If we can put us, put us in the position, in the place like this woman did, sometime God blessed us. He give us things we never asked for. And our experience was enriched. And our love for God becomes so multiplied. Oh God, I'm so thank you. You have done such a work in my son's life. God, I'm so thank you. You've done such a work in my daughter's life. I saw the hope of it. I saw that the work, I saw that the camp meeting, you know, they, they had such an experience with the Lord. And, uh, you know, they started loving the Lord and start to uh, doing better. But you know, before you know it, give a few days, give a few weeks, it seems like they draw back to their old rod again. It seems like the things is just almost like it never happened. And instead of uh, the, the getting better, actually it become getting worse. Yeah. Have you experienced that? And sometimes you think in the Lord, you know, you, you, you blessed me, you give me this job. But then after a little while, you find your job's gone. And your job is lost. And you think that finally, you know, I got healed. But then the sickness has come back again. And you're thinking about, uh, you know, I, uh, my financial situation is, is getting better. I paid off my debts. But, you know, give it a few months and give it a few years. It seems like those things is a surge to the back it again. And all you have, uh, it seems like all the blessing of God is just all one away. And uh, the other day I was a fellowship with Brother Tom. And he was uh, talking about, you know, one time he was, uh, 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 the Lord just really blessed him. And then he, uh. Uh, you know, I was just getting good, uh, good work and getting good money and, and everything. And Brother Tom said, you know, I feel, I feel so, uh, uh so afraid. So, uh, he went, uh, to our brother, our brother Ed. And he even crying. He said, Brother Ed, he said, I must be backslide. He said, I'm making, uh, making money as it seems that everything's just getting uh, really good. And uh, Brother Ed said, well, while you're still having it, just enjoy it. 
<laughs> because it won't be too long. <laughs> you know, I find out sometime in our life it seems like that. It seems that we're on a mountaintop, our life is so good. You know, it's like, oh Lord, I never saw the word like before. It becomes such a revelation to me. You know, the word of the Lord make himself real to me. You know, the families is getting good, the children's, they obey the Lord, and they have an experience. Everything seems like it's going so good. Everything, you're, you're, you almost feel you're on the heavenly realm. While you're on the heavenly realm, enjoy it. It won't be too long. You will find out yourself in the valley again. But why God do that? It's one to enrich your experience. He wanted to multiply that of the blessing. He gave it to you. You never ask for the blessing. He gave it to you. But sometimes when God takes the blessing of the way, it's not God to just to try to train you, train you, train you. It's not God to try to, you know, try to do something, just try to mold you. It's mold you, it's shaping you too. But there's some more love that God wants to show to you. There's a moral love that is living in you, still as a sea form. You only take the loose of it, that will manifest the manifold of the love of God. And that woman, and the Lord gave her a son. But uh, just at about the 10 years, 12 years, when she enjoyed the son so much, and then the son was dead. It seems like all the blessing is the one away. But you know, if God gave you the blessing, if God took it away from you, He will have to restore that to you. If it's not God to give it to you, when God take it away, He's thrown it. And it become a garbage. And He will never let those things come back to you. But if God gave you something to you, even you lost it, even you seems like it, uh, uh, seems like it wasted away. It seems like the things, the blessings is gone. But God is going to restore back to you. If God give you a children, give you a son and daughter, if they let them born that in your family, you think of God let them born in the family and then they're going back to the world, they're going to the world and they said, I don't want to believe. You don't think God will restore them back to you? Because He gave them to you. Let them be born in your family. To be raised up in that immersion, in the message. God even let them go out. He will restore them back to you. But when He restore back to you, He want to show you, this is more manifestation of my love. And this woman, she never doubts God. But she just doesn't understand why these things has happened to me. And so the Bible said she went up and laid him on the bed of the men of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she doesn't just, uh, you know, when she uh, going through this uh, trial, going through this deep, deep trial that she had. She doesn't just, uh, you know, let everybody know it and post on Instagram and post on Facebook and everybody vote on to me. She got a right attitude. She wanted to find the right source. I know this is something wrong, terribly wrong. But there must be an answer somewhere. The answer is not in my husband. The answer is not in uh, my friends. 
The answer is not this idea, that book. No, the answer is not in all, all of that. The answer is in the prophet. And so she laid the child on the bed. The prophet has arrested. She doesn't lay the child on the other things. What is was a vindicated prophet has been has arrested. That's what we should lay our situation on. What is the prophet has arrested? He rested on the promise of God. He rested it on the vindicated word of God. That is what we should be rested at. Whenever the situation like that happened to our life, it's not God punishing us, but He wants to experience this personal God. When the prophet was going through his deepest trial, his wife was passed away, his daughter was passed away. What, what's really generated from that? The moral love of God that a prophet had. Then is in those times, he said, the Lord take us, the Lord uh, give us, the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of God. Then he said, Mr. Eisler, when he was, uh, you know, came out of the truck, he said, Lord, even you send me down to the hell, I still love you. The experience that he had to generate such a love that he had never had it before. When God let us go through something, is not try to, um, you know, I just don't have the right word for this. He doesn't try to punishing us or try to what we said, you know, I have to go through the, he training my patience, he training my, yes, he's doing that. But above that, he want to show more of his love to us. And then it's a shun of my woman. Then after, he, uh, she put her son is on the bed, and still the son doesn't uh, came to life. And so she uh, run uh, run the servants uh, to get a donkey and start to ride on the mule and then start to going to find the prophet, because her faith is in the prophet. And then uh, Brother Branham said, because that shun of my woman said, don't stop. He said, don't have any social affair. Get to the word. He said, if God was in Elijah to bring forth, to anchor that faith, how much more was he in Christ, the son of God? And this is Shunammite my woman. She got a right attitude towards the word of God. She know that God is in His prophet. If God is in His prophet, then as long, as far as uh, she can get to the prophet, then she find her answer. Amen. Our answer is the same. As long as we can find to the prophet, then we know where our answer is. The body of the prophet is not here anymore. But the the prophet is the a son of a man revealed the son of a man. But this son of a man's ministry still here. The word of a God is still here. If we have any situation that we have, we're encountered with, the only thing that we need to do is go before the Lord. It's not just go before some man, go before some uh, ideas, go before some, uh, uh, you know, psychology books. You go before Christ by yourself. If you receive the word, whatever situation that you are in, God is still God today. He's not just the God yesterday. He's still God can manifest, can work today. Whatever the situation that you are in, 
And you know, God is a personal God. He's not a God just generally, just to try to speak generally to you. When God is doing things, He wants to do them specifically that in your life to deal with your situation. And we find out that this woman, when her son was a, when her son was dead, and she went to this prophet, and she came before the prophet, and she got in hold of the prophet's feet, and so the the prophet had asked, he said, "Is your husband well? Is your son well?" What does the woman say? She said, "All is well." And her confession is right. It's not that it shall be well. He said, all is well. Why she said all is well? Because of when, as soon as she saw the prophet, she knew the answer is right there. You know, when we're going through the certain situation, no matter what that is, when you go before the word, take the same attitude that is the woman was taking. Her attitude is all is well. And her attitude is the same thing. Maybe the symptom is not well. Maybe the situation is, doesn't have any improvement at all. But as soon as we go in before the word, our attitude is the Lord all is well. Amen. Not because I feel it or don't feel it, but because your word has said so. Amen. When you have a, that type of a word, that type of attitude toward that word, you will make God gird himself upon your situation. Amen. Then the prophet gird himself. And then there's a goal. Said, I'm go with you. If I want to get rid of the woman, brother Branham said, I better just go right with her. And then there's where the prophet go with the woman to the, to the place where her son was laid. And when the prophet had to get there, he taken all everybody else that's out. Brother Branham said, uh, he kept all the unbelief out of the door. And this screaming, that was a shouting, this was a mourning, and everybody was just in the confusion. And then when the prophet came in, he just locked everybody else out. When you come into before the word, lock every unbelief out. Your mind may be still thinking, is this the true? Your mind, your reasoning, your imagination, everything, still to go in a hundred miles an hour and try to reason it out. But in the heart, the bottom of the heart, it said, Lord, the word has said so. I believe in whatever your word has said. Then you will make God himself gird himself upon your situation. And then the prophet started to go in there. And then the prophet just pacing back and forth. And then the he uh, started to lay on this uh, boy, mouth for mouth, and the nose for nose, and hand for hand. You know, when God is dealing with a situation, He's not just a generally just to try to say, oh, just, uh, you know, just have faith, or just do that. No! God dealing with the situation specifically. And it just as what we have the, the last camp, I was so amazed at how God is dealing with uh, the situation of our young people. And he's knowing exactly the situation where our young people's at. He knows exactly what the young people you're going through. And if he knows the young people, what about our older people? What about in the middle age? He knows exactly what your situation is at. And when God was dealing with that, he's not just a generally just laid out and you know, you believe it or don't believe. He dealt it mouth for mouth, nose for nose, and hands for hand. He's a personal God. He want to deal with your situation personally. And he's a God with a skin on. 
He's not a God just a far more in heaven. He's a God with a skin on. He's a God that can be touched by our weakness, by the feeling of our weakness. He's a God that is not, he's not just a God of a thousand miles away. He's not just a God just in the message, just in the, in the, in the, in the tape, in the voice. He's a God with a skin on. He's not a God that is living your brother, that is living your sister. They can still, by the word of God, that they can strengthen you. He can, as a God with the skin on, can still come behind the pulpit from a Sunday, from a Wednesday, and that is preaching over the word, that is dealing with the situation. What is it trying to do? Mouse for mouse, hands for hand. It's a personal God to dealing with the personal situation. He had an exact word for the exact situation. He had the word of a healing for the one that need healing. He has the word of a deliverance for the one that need a deliverance. He has the word of a correction for the people that need to be corrected. He has the word of encouragement for the people who is disheartened. And he has the word for the marriage. He has the word for our family. He has the word for the young people. He has the word for our older people. And then when a prophet was laid his body on the boy, and the nose for nose, the hand for hand, the mouth for mouth, eye for eye, then the body started getting waxed a worm. You know, when God started dealing with us, and you saw his dealing with this person, his dealing with that person, and he's dealing in your situation that is in your life, not maybe one time, not maybe a second time, but probably time after time. And a situation after situation. What does God try to do? He wanted a sign of a life to come up. Amen. And when the prophet was laid on this boy, and a nose for nose, and a hand for hand, and an eye for an eye, when he's dealing, when God is dealing with the situation, then the body starts to warm up. That's what we saw in the last little while. What about the preaching of the word? We saw the young people one after another, they start to rise up. What we saw, we saw the body start to warm up. If this person start to getting healed, that person start to getting healed, and this person get delivered, that person getting delivered, what God tried to show us, He wanted to show us that there's a life that is in this body of Christ. And until this body start to get and warm up, and then when the body started again on a warm up, you see the Lord doesn't just do a halfway work. He's not just a one, he saw a sign of life, then he just gave it up. When God was doing the work, he wanted to do it all the way through. When God has a dealing with the young people in our camp time, he's not just the one to have a life of a sign, and then he just quit. He will do all the way through. He wants to see you get resurrected. It's not just to just see you warm up and uh, you know you're coming back to the church and you seems like you got a sign of life. That's it. No, that's not it. That's just the beginning of it. When God is dealing with the situation, He's not only just to deal with you just in the beginning, just saw a little sign of it. Then He saw it. No, He want to deal with the situation until the life, the resurrection, come back. You may be having a marriage problem. He doesn't want to just uh, dealing with it in the beginning. I just uh, let it go. So that you can go, you know, you go along. I uh, just uh, do whatever you can do. No. He want to solve the problem. 
And he wants to save our children, not just in the camp time and let them have a little sign of life that it was a quit. He's not going to quit until they come back to the word of God, until they got a born again experience. That's what this prophet did to this boy. And when he saw the sign of life, the body started getting warm up. The prophet said that then he returned and walked in the house to and fro. I'll say the Lord to do the same thing. He returned. He walked in the house to and fro. If it one time doesn't work, and he wanted to do it a second time. If the second time just have a little sign of life, he want to do it a third time. Time after time, he's going to dealing with your situation. He will never give you up. And he will never let you give up either. He will deal with the situation to and fro. He will return to your situation if that situation is not solved yet. The prophet is not just a leaving that has a sign of life. Just to warm it up. And the God will not leave you to be just to warm it up. Amen. And He wants you to have a, the resurrected life. Amen. And then the prophet said, then the Bible said, and He went up and stretched Himself upon Him. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't God stretched Himself out upon us? Amen. In all the situation that we have, in different the, the trials that you're going through and whatever the situation that we're dealing with, God has a stretch to himself that had on us. And God has a dealing with our young people and older people alike. You know, when I was watching the service in the camp, I probably said I already watched the second or third time because I want to translate it into the Chinese for the people in China to listen to that. That each time I don't want to watch it, I was just amazed at how faithful our God is. Each time I don't want to watch it, I was thinking how God himself stretched himself to dealing with the situation, mouth for mouth, eye for eye. And each individual, and they get a touch to buy it in. And you see, when God was doing the things like that, he's not only would do the wax worm and leave you there. He wanted to, to see this, this child as the prophet did, when he was laying up on the child, and the child was, uh, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. You know, when God is doing it in our life, He wants to do the same thing. He's not, never just give it up, never just stop it, when He saw you have a sign of life that happened in you. You know what God wants? God wants to hear you a big old healthy sneeze, Kachoi. He wants to see the life come back to you. He wants to see you really confessing the word of God is the truth. He's not just want you to have a life and warm up and said, okay, God is right, and you know, and nodding your head, everything will be fine. He wants to hear that a good kachoi come out of it. He wants to hear confessing, Lord, you said that, that word is absolutely the truth. You're the healer of God. Lord, you can heal my diseases. You can heal my body. You can also heal my mind. You can also heal my soul. Lord, if you save our young people, Lord, save our older people alike. Lord, if you can make our young people become a fervent, Lord, make our older people fervent as well. Lord, if you can save that family, Lord, save this family too. 
Lord, you can deal with this situation. What about my situation? Lord, you can deal with this situation as well. Lord, if you can deliver that person, you can deliver this person too. Lord, don't just let me warm up. Don't just let me have a sign of life. Let me give it a good house and control it. Lord, your word is absolutely the truth. Let a resurrected life come back to us. He is the resurrection. Our God is the resurrection. It's not that they're going to give it up. It's just halfway work. He wants to see us go through this. He wants to see you're having a resurrected life that in you and in your family and in whatever the situation that you prayed with. May the musician come. But Abraham said in the desperation. He said that a woman. When she go before the prophet. He said a woman that didn't end her desperation. He said that didn't satisfy what she come for. She said as the Lord God liveth. I'm going to li- I'm not going to live you until you go minister to the child. And Elijah got a desperate. And here he went, down the road, him and a woman. And when he got there, he said all the people were out in the yard screaming and crying. And a woman had done the most appropriate thing could be done. She took the baby and laid him on the bed where Elijah had laid. That was as good as his staff. And he didn't wake up there. So the thing wouldn't work. She wanted to know something different. He said, no doubt, talk about the prophet, he went in. He said, now he is in desperation. He said, now what's he is going to do? And we find in the Bible that he walked up and down the floor, desperate. I don't know nothing else to do, Lord. Here I am. You told me to speak that to that woman. And thus says the Lord, and it was exactly the way I told her. Because you told me, now there she is in trouble. And I don't know what to do. There lays a dead boy. What can I do, Lord? No doubt the Holy Spirit said, If the God is in you, then lay yourself on the baby. First thing you know, he stopped. Run and put his hand upon his hand. His nose upon his nose. His lip upon his lip. And when he laid himself over it, the baby sneezed seven times. Desperation was over. It's the love of God has to drive us to the desperation. He said that the baby come to life because that desperation drove the woman to the prophet. And the desperation drove the prophet to the baby. And desperation in both of them drove God on the scene. With the love of God and love for His people brought the love of God down and throw face out on the battlefront, and the work was done. Whenever God let the, the people going through things, if the people realize their need, and realize and recognize the one who can meet their need, is right in front of them, right present, that will generate a desperation. And that will create a love that is in the person's heart. Lord, I love you. I've done all I could do. And when that desperation is coming into the person's heart, 
You know that desperation will make your faith to throw onto the battlefront. And then when the faith got a hold of the promise of a God, and you will find out of the work of the Lord, and it can be done. Let us stand. I was just thinking, whatever situation that we're in, whatever things that we're going through, let us remember one thing. God had to put His perfect word that into our heart. And we have to receive it. And when we receive the perfect word of God, we have the perfect love that is living in us. And that perfect love will drive us into the desperation. Not just our mind, not just our reasoning. Lord, I believe your word can do this. I myself cannot do this, but Lord, I believe your word. Your promise to me. And I have got a hold of your promise. I know that your promise it is for me and my situation. I know that things this is going to be done. And that would drive your face to get a hold of the promise of a God. Said, Whatever Lord you said, I believe your word has said. God has never forsaken us. He never leave us uh, just like a hopeless, like an orphan. Whenever that a situation has happened, always remember God is right beside that. He wants to show himself as almighty God. He wants to show himself. They said, I have the word to give it to you. I have enough power to deal with all the situation. I have enough power to get rid of everything the devil tried to put it before you. Just raise our face before him. And no matter what death, what situation that come before us, and we know what we serve is the almighty God. And he loves his people. Can we sing as a broken, broken chain? Brother Ryan, if you can lead us uh, to sing that.
faithful our God is. You can't be bound by the broken chains. No matter how hauling Satan is, no matter how hauling the Satan is before you, and try to say you'll still be bound, you'll still be bound. You'll never be bound by the broken chain. Can I share a little testimony? I was phoning my I phoned my mom uh, uh, just yesterday, the day before. I just want to see how she's doing, and uh, I called up on her. And uh, she she pick up the phone. I just hear the prophet's voice was booming just in the big at the background. I said, "Mom," and she can't hear me. I said, "Mom, please turn it off." And and so she finally said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." She said, "I'm just praising the Lord." I said, uh, what, "What's going on, Mom?" She said, uh, "Let me share a testimony with you." She said, "This just happened one minute ago." She said, "I the other day I said I, I twist my ankle." I said, Mom, why'd you do that again? She said, I was a dude, I was a walking. She said, I twist my ankle. And, uh, I said, it's about a two, it's about a two to three days now. She said, I can't even, my feet, my foot cannot even touch the ground, touch the floor. She said, I was so painful. I was taking the, uh, the stick. Excuse <coughs> me, I'm taking the stick and I'm pushing with, uh, you know, holding on the chair as I tried to walk. She said, I, I couldn't even walk. She said, I was praying. She said, I was really hope. I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, let my son call me. And uh, she, uh, she said, I pray in the Lord, let my son call me so that I can ask my son to pray for me. She said, but then, she said, all of a sudden I realized, she said, this is not right. Why I need my son to call me to pray for me? She said, I can pray to the Lord. And she said, I start to, I, I laid on my, I, she said, I was sitting on my bed. I can't walk. He said, I pray. I started to pray. You know what she prayed? She said, Satan? She said, you think I'm a novice? She said, I'm an old hand. That's a Chinese. That means I'm a experienced veteran. She said, you think I'm a novice? I'm an old hand. I'm a professional, that means. I'm an expert. He said, the last time... A certain year, certain month, certain day, you make me fall. So I, I uh, fall on my knee. It was all bruised. This is, uh, then my son called. Said uh, because I prayed, and then, uh, my son called. So my son called, and she, uh, he prayed. And then my knee was healed. He said uh, then certain certain year, certain certain month, certain day. He said I fall again. He said uh, that my uh, my, uh, my, uh, my son was uh, in the kitchen at that time in China. And then he laid hands on me and prayed for me. He said, and I healed it again. He said, this time, I don't need my son to call me. And he said, I'm going to toe to toe and deal with you right now. And then she said, she said, what I did? She said, Satan, I'm not a novice. She said, Satan, I'm an old hand. Okay. And then he threw she threw her stick, she pushed her chair, and she put her feet down, and the pin left her right there. You can't be bound by the broken chain. And then my mom, my mom said, he said, Satan, see, you're just a bluff. You just try to scare me. And he said, it doesn't work. And then, then, that he turned on the prophet's voice, just booming. And she said, I'm just walking on the floor, praising the Lord. And then you call me. He said, I don't need you to pray for me. I just want to share the testimony with you. 
Isn't our God tremendous? If a simple woman want to have a church and without having church to go to, want to have a preaching of the word, but without a preaching of the word to listen to, because she doesn't even know how to turn on the cell phone. Just by listening to the prophet's voice, just by listening to the message, the message itself has a life in it. You don't need any staff. You don't need any extension cord. Just go directly to the prophet. There's a life in it. When you go in front of him, tell Satan. Satan, I'm not a novice. I've been toe-to-toe dealing with you years after year. I'm an old hand now. Let me handle you, Satan. I handle you before, I can handle you now. If I drive you away before, I can drive you away now. If I dealt you with you before, by the word of God, I can deal with you right now. You try to take away my children. Now my children sitting down there. And the Lord gave them a desire. Lord, I have to go, let them go through the trials. Oh, let them go through the camp. Now they love the Lord and they're sitting down. That itself is the proof to Satan. Satan, you are defeated. Don't let any situation try to lie to you. Devil is just a liar. If my mom and an old woman, 80 years old, only came to the Lord five years ago, how much more we're sitting in a congregation year after year, listening to the preaching, listening to the message, 1,200 message that is in your disposal. What power are we to have? What determination that we should have? What a perfect love that we already have that has showed upon to us. Let Satan know you're not a novice anymore. You're an old hand. And he's not you're going to defeat him. You already defeated him. The only thing is just a number. You can defeat Satan one time. Some old hand has defeated Satan hundreds of times. But no matter what it is, you are never going to lose. You will defeat him the last time. One more time. Then we go to the rapture. Praise the Lord. Brother Victor, Adamora, if you don't mind, can I ask you to come up for prayer and dismiss the, the brothers and sisters?